0: I disagree, Gary. I disagree, Gary. Welcome back to Pulp Friction. It's a show about what divides us. I am your hostess with Moses. You can call me Rocky. And we have a wonderful first time guest on the show this week that I think is going to be a lot of fun. Allie, would you like to introduce yourself?
1: Hi. Um- i'm Allie. uh yeah (laughs) there you go (laughs) never i'm very excited to talk about um this uh incredible cinematic masterpiece
0: there's a lot to be said about it um before we get into it, I uh, we have a little bit of a new segment we like to do at the at the top of the show. Like it's dun uh, dun 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 dun. What's pulping? And um, there's not too much going on this week. There's something that I said I would give a little bit of a take on, and it's kind of already out of the news. But I did say that I would, so I will. And it's that uh, Grimes. And Elon Musk obviously broke up cool. uh, a week a week or two ago. I feel like, and um, there were photos of Grimes that surfaced a, a couple days ago of her out and about in L.A. wearing some kind of really elaborate steampunk like outfit thing and reading the Communist Manifesto, just like out on the street, and and people were. Um, People were throwing a lot of takes at this. My initial thing was like, this really feels like it's directly a jab at Elon and not an attempt to be like, hey guys, I'm I'm still you know hip with the <laughs> with oh, yeah. the with the communists, you know. So I um I, on that level, I was like, cool. And then she went on Instagram about it and said that. Uh, she was like either going to or coming back from a photo shoot, and that's why she was in the outfit. And she like saw paparazzi, and her friend just like had a copy of it, and she wanted to <laughs> to, 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 to like troll troll the pop. So that's why she was she she was reading it, and she she mentioned in that caption that she's still living with Elon <laughs> at the moment. So, that
1: so kinda... about what what their conversation after she got home from that was.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of threw my uh generous take out the window but um yeah there's definitely I mean I do feel like people who talk about like the manifesto being used as uh as a prop it's like I, I don't I don't care yeah <laughs> about that yeah. really <laughs>
1: I don't I don't know if anybody's really expecting grimes to have like legit takes about like communism um it's just kind of i think it's a funny um power move for yeah uh, i don't i mean i don't know much about grimes as a person i just think that the pictures are so confusing especially like with what she's wearing um that it it's just like i i I thought it was very funny
0: (laughs) yeah it's a good bit i honestly even without I mean the, the 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 fact that Elon is involved sort of like like throws a damper on it. But even without the idea of it being a jab at him, it's a it's a funny picture that, based on her explanation, she just wanted to like kind of have fun with the people who were taking pictures with, of her. So like, I, I I think it succeeded in that regard. <laughs> and like, who gives a shit? That's my that's my take. At the end of the day,
1: I do. Um, the caption that she put on Instagram. Um, where Mm -hmm. she claims that um, she's more interested in uh, a radical decentralized universal basic income that could potentially be achieved through crypto and gaming is um, certainly a take.
0: (laughs) It's a political opinion. (laughs) Those those are the two things, crypto and gaming. And if we, she's still putting the pieces together. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs)
1: I don't know how gaming could possibly connect to a universal basic income, but like,
0: sure, okay. in there somewhere. I don't know, man. (laughs) So yeah, that's pretty much what's pulping. They announced the roster for next year's Super Bowl halftime show. It's going to be Dr. Dre with Snoop Dogg, Eminem, Kendrick, Lamar, and uh, Mary J. Blige. And I think that's pretty cool. (laughs) <laughs> that's my take on that one um combination yeah I mean you know so say what you will about Eminem but if he gets on during the the football game and does like lose yourself or something that's that's uh you know no one's going to complain about that
1: mm-hmm.
0: so um yeah let's get to the topic of this episode dear Evan Hansen I have prepared uh, as I usually do, some history of the show mm-hmm. as sort of a precursor to our discussion about it. The story is here is really the story of Benj Pasek and Justin Paul, the uh, songwriting duo behind the show also worked on La La Land. Um, they did, they've done a lot of stuff. They did a bunch of those, like for the live action Disney movies, they'll always throw in a, a new song that sucks and uh, loses all the awards because no one likes it. <laughs> 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 they did, did they do the Greatest Showman song that?
1: Uh, I feel like I remember they did something on yeah. uh, that movie. I haven't seen that movie, but
0: yeah, it sounds the, like the, they did.
1: Oh, yeah, they, they wrote the music for
0: that. That that, that makes sense, because there's a song. I don't I don't remember which song it was, but I, I walked out of Dear Evan Hansen and I was like, I don't feel like I'm going to remember any of these songs. And then the next day I had this tune in my head and I realized that it wasn't a song from Dear Evan Hansen. It was it was the song from The Greatest Showman. And there was something in Dear Evan Hansen that was so similar to it that it got that back in my head. yeah. So, Pascal and Paul met while they were both freshmen at Michi- at University of Michigan. They were both enrolled in the musical theater performance program, but they quickly began to work on writing music together. And they bonded over the their shared high school experience um, in this, I, I read this oral history in, I think, Rolling Stone of the, the process leading up to this movie. And they, uh, they talked about how, while they were in high school, there was... Uh, I, I mean, Columbine happened, and 9/11 happened, and there was um, a lot, a lot of you know tragedy just in terms of like classmates dying, and they were all, they were just always very aware of that in their time in high school. And then while in college, they wrote a song cycle called "Edges," which would go on to make them the youngest ever recipients of the Jonathan Larson Award, and be performed uh, all over the world. Kind of became a popular thing on on social media there was one song in it that was about facebook or something that people that people liked and um yeah that sort of put them on the map their new york debut was in 2006 it was a benefit concert of original songs titled become and then they contributed songs to white noise a cautionary musical the same year and they continued to expand on this idea of writing something based on their high school experiences, but they like put all that on the back burner after taking professional advice to work on an adaptation before getting into like an original thing. So they worked on James the Giant Peach, Christmas Story, and Dogfight, all of which were successful. And A Christmas Story earned them their first Tony nomination. It was after uh, the producer, Stacy Mindick, invited them to workshop an original musical that they kind of returned to this high school drama concept they were talking about. And they hired, uh, they they got uh, Steven Levinson, who was mostly a screenwriter, to also a playwright but had not worked in musicals to uh to 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 come on board and he says that his first pitch for that the first pitch for dear Evan Hansen was an experience that Bench Pasek had had in high school where a classmate had committed suicide and many students including himself uh posthumously tried to paint themselves as the best friend of this kid that no one really knew they were writing about that phenomenon and they were interested in how that idea of attaching oneself to personal narratives was uh, exacerbated by social media. Uh, The quote from Levinson here is, what would cause somebody to lie about a tragedy in order to be a part of it? How lonely would you have to be to do that? And how lonely must we all be because we all do that in a way? Shortly thereafter, Levinson moved to LA to work on the short-lived NBC drama the Playboy Club. During this time, he, Pascal and Paul, would flesh out Dear Evan Hansen during these marathon 72-hour writing sessions once a month. He would fly back to New York and they just they just, you know, put it all down and and, and uh, they fly back out. Yeah. According to Paul, the only song that like remained in the show from that initial writing from those initial writing sessions was Waving Through a Window. Uh, they had persistent discussions throughout the process of whether the story was best told as a musical, if it should just be a play, if it should be a movie. This apparently an idea they had from early on. And uh, at this time, Ben Platt was playing Elder Cunningham in the Book of Mormon. Uh, he had previously auditioned to appear in Dogfight and they decided he was too young, but they promised that they would give him a role in something in the future.
1: <laughs> That's ironic.
0: Yeah. <laughs> So they brought him onto this as yet untitled project to read for the main character at its first ever reading. And he was, he, he was just on board from there. He became a key element of the further development of the musical, you know, all the, all the, uh, all the readings and the workshops, and he was building out this character of Evan Hansen. And uh, as that show grew, Patrick and Paul were at the same time starting to get these, you know, movie deals going. They were already working on La La Land by 2013, Greatest Showman by 2015. And for La La Land, the duo collaborated with Ben Platt's father, the legendary film producer, Mark Platt. And he says of his first encounter with your Evan Hansen, quote, my invite to that workshop had as much to do with being one of the many Broadway producers invited as it did with my kid being (laughs) in it. So after a series of successful workshops and previews, Dear Evan Hansen premiered off-Broadway in March 2016. Uh, it was a critical and commercial success, moved to Broadway in November the same year, and massive hit, six Tonys, ran for three years, scheduled to return later this year after being shut down for the pandemic. And um, while not stated explicitly, the impression I got from this oral history uh, was that there was some idea of it being a movie the entire time, And like they talk about it a little bit in the early writing conversations, and when they start to talk about the Broadway show, they're like, we're thinking about a movie. And then, of course, with Mark Platt being such this prominent movie producer, it feels like there were. It it feels like there was, like they had that idea early on, and then once they were, once Mark Platt was involved, I was like, well, we're probably gonna do a movie at some point. Mm. Mark Platt's first idea for adapting the show was these three images that we see in the movie, the triptych of Evan falling out of the tree, where the, um, the first time it's just him falling out, and then the second time it's that fantasy of him falling out and being rescued by Connor, and then the final reveal of him jumping out of it intentionally. And so they quickly brought on uh, Stephen Chbosky who wrote and directed The Perks of Being a Wallflower as a director and then Levinson retooled the book into a screenplay. Many studios were interested in picking up the film. Mark and Ben Platt both claim that studios wanted Ben to to reprise his role. Um, After Universal acquired the rights in late 2018 and the team moved forward with Ben, uh, Chbosky made a point out of filling out the rest of the cast with screen actors as he talks about it and he's like he's he's very into uh the the idea of ben platt being in it as we'll see but he was also a person who came in earlier i was like Let, let's make sure that like everyone else is a is a movie person just to, just to be safe uh Chbosky has actually gone as far as to say that the express purpose of the film was to immortalize ben platt's performance and that this was the reason that uh that the opening song anybody have a map was cut uh, he also said that, "quote, the most important aesthetic that we built the entire shoot around was capturing Ben Platt's live performance. This is why, in an unusual move, the majority of the film's vocal performances were done live on set, with the with the express purpose of emphasizing Ben's abilities." Uh, he, he, specifically raves about Ben's ability to cry his eyes out and sing open throated at the same time, which he showcased on day two of shooting and which caused a member of the crew to break the fall, fo- to break the following silence by announcing, quote, this is going to be a good fucking movie. <laughs> in, in the oral history, Mark Platt cryptically reveals that some members of the cast worked for less than their standard rate because they were really oh. e- eager to be a part of the film. Um, it was the first major Hollywood film to begin shooting in North America after the start of the pandemic. Uh, Levinson and Ben Platt uh, both discussed this This tricky question of how much the audience is meant to like evan how much they're meant to forgive him and they note that that would have been that that's an additional challenge that they were thinking about in terms of adapting it into a film they also point out how the film medium allows for the inclusion of a a, quote-unquote third act in which the process of of evan evolving from his experience can be played out rather than just like cutting to a year later Filming concluded in December of 2020. First trailer was released in May of this year uh, with an immediate negative reaction, largely due to Platt's performance in the role. Platt responded defensively, comparing himself to the actors in Greece and would continue to express his disappointment in this being people's first reaction to the film. After September 9th premiere at TIFF, the movie opened on the 24th of September. Uh, it underperformed with a $7.5 million opening, coming in second place behind Shang-Chi in its fourth weekend. The movie currently holds a 32% on Rotten Tomatoes. (laughs) So in terms of talking about the film, uh, we can definitely go into it kind of, kind of, you know, going through the plot one point at a time. But I do think a good place to start is this thing that we keep touching on and this thing that um, was, was the thing most people were talking about, about it. That is definitely, it definitely breaks the film in such a way that if ever, like, if everything else was good, like like that would be it for it. But there are also other things to talk about. Uh, Ben Platt.
1: Mm -hmm. It's so funny to hear. I mean, I sort of knew already that like Ben Platt was like the, you know, selling point of the movie but it's funny to hear how much they emphasized how important it was that they were like highlighting Ben Platt's performance and then the first negative thing that everybody says about the movie is Ben Platt's performance like yeah yeah (laughs) maybe you kind of like committed too much to that
0: yeah I,
1: I, I didn't I didn't see him in the show but I heard he was like really good in it like, on Broadway, but the thing Mm -hmm. about Broadway is that you are further away from them, so you can't really (laughs) see... I mean, also, it was a couple years ago, but, like, it it doesn't doesn't translate as well when you can, like, zoom in on his, like, weird 20-something-year-old face.
0: (laughs) There's definitely kind of a a hubristic uh, vibe to... Just seeing how they were like, we have to, this this great Broadway performance, if we're making this into a movie, we have to really focus on it and just make sure that just rebuild the show so that it's even more about him and and (laughs) do the live vocal performances so we can really really capture every every frame of it there first of all I got the impression that the way that Ben Platt and the other people involved in this movie read the criticism was that Ben Platt was too old to be playing Evan Hansen and they definitely could have skewed younger There, you know there there have been younger actors to play him act- actors who would be playing him now or will be playing him soon but it's not really that he's too old it's that they went in the same way that they went out of the, out of their way to emphasize ben platt in a way that you know sunk the movie they went out of their way to make him look younger in a way that somehow makes him yeah. look so much older than he normally does
1: <laughs> yeah like it's, it's something with the hair and the makeup and like what he's wearing like there's a certain amount of like in I don't know why Riverdale is the first high school thing that's coming to my mind but like so many things use adults as teenagers and like you can overlook mm-hmm. that but it's just so distracting that he just kind of looks like bizarre that yeah. it's, it's not even about his age it's just like he's kind of just weird looking in this
0: yeah yeah in in a way he looks 40 but in another sense he looks a thousand yeah <laughs> like he's I mean they, they put a bunch of makeup on him that the feel that feels really out of place but he's also I think this is an element of the transition from stage to screen where he has this sort of hunched demeanor and like Mm -hmm. movement about him that probably can conveys a lot more on a stage where in a movie where everyone else is moving normally (laughs) it it, it, it just feels like you're just like what planet is he from every every time that he's on screen
1: it's supposed to look anxious but it just looks like wrong
0: yeah the, I mean, the, the, there are, there are a lot of like little moments of him, like the, the scene where he's, he's, where Zoe like tries to talk to him and he like runs away and he, yeah. there's, there's a scene where um it's like during a musical number and Alana's walking through the hallway and Evan's just like, eating a lollipop alone in the middle of the hallway. Like the, the, the scene where he like spills his pills on the floor in the bathroom and he's picking them up. There's just a lot of like, just sort of like disturbing moments where like he's not actually, he does disturbing things in this movie too. But the, the, in these moments, it's just like, it, it just doesn't convey a character you're supposed to, <laughs> you're supposed to like feel positively about. And you need to kind of do that in terms of demeanor in some form, just because the actions of the character are, 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 yeah. are so troubling. <laughs> that like, you have to get the sympathy from somewhere.
1: Yeah, it's like the the scene that really stuck out to me was like at the end when he was in front of the tree and like crying. And mm-hmm. it's supposed to be such a sad scene, but then the way that he was like crying it's like that that one like screen cap will keep posting where he's just kind of looks just so like weird that it's it's not even yeah. sad or it's just kind of funny
0: yeah and and they talk about that in the in the oral history too how they were so impressed by his ability to like cry and like really sing at the same time and like it's impressive but it's 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 off putting in a way too because yeah, that's not to supposed see- to work
1: I remember him getting so much praise about like how emotional he was when he was singing in the show and like that he was crying and singing at the same time and then I guess just when you're looking like up close at him it's like whoa like what are you doing
0: <laughs> so the movie opens uh, we get the title card in, in Calibri on a Word document, which I thought was uh, was a fun way to get us. Yeah. <laughs> but um, we have this, this initial song, Waving Through a Window, that's about Evan, uh, you know, writing this letter and feeling isolated and wondering whether anyone would notice if he disappeared. It was really weird to me how there's that song, And then there's the entire Connor setup that takes like 20 minutes and there's not a single other song in that time. And then you're sort of reminded that it's a musical when the next one happens.
1: I I understand why they wanted to start with waving through a window to sort of set up like Evan. But I think taking out um, the song with the moms was kind of a, a loss for like their characters. Because they just kind of mm-hmm. get, like, pushed to the side more, I guess. And, like, like I, it was just kind of, like, bam, you're, like, thrown into it. Um, which was unfortunate, I think. But, yeah, and then it's, like, it just kind of going to be a regular movie for a minute and not a musical for until, like, I don't remember what the next song was, but, like, a while.
0: Um, next song is for the next song is for forever. So it's after we meet Connor. Cotter dies. We find out Connor dies. Yeah. Then he goes to their house, and that's the next song.
1: <laughs> yeah, this it's that's a, a a big gap for a bit.
0: <laughs> what what's your background? This is something that I had meant to do up top. What's your your history with Dear Evan Hansen?
1: I saw it on Broadway, in like. 2018 I think Um, and that wasn't with Ben Platt it was with I don't know somebody else Um, Mm -hmm. I had my issues with the musical um, before seeing the movie like I I don't know I I liked the music a lot I didn't like the plot as much for many reasons Um, and also i held kind of a grudge against it for a while because i was a big fan of great comet um and i Uh think that that should have won the tonys but um yeah so like i was familiar with it going into the movie but i wasn't the biggest fan of it
0: yeah i um i was one of the many people who was aware of the show and like having not heard a single song or actually seen anything from it, just sort of assumed that it was some kind of cheesy gay romance thing.
1: Yeah, people people on the internet yeah. made it seem like it was gayer than it was going to be.
0: And then I, I was one of the many people who did not learn what the show was about until the trailer came out. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it, was a, it was a really interesting collective experience. Um, we, there have been a lot of collective experiences in in the past year, but that feels like a a, a, mm-hmm. a a particularly fun one, maybe, of just like all the people who hadn't who who like like everyone knew about Dear Evan Hansen, but all the people who didn't know what it was about sort of collectively finding out and being like, "This is what you guys were talking about."
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I um I was like a, a you know theater kid in high school so I couldn't really escape the the music and everything and I was watching people on like you know Tumblr or whatever being like oh it's you know Evan and Connor are in love and whatever I was like what the fuck are you talking about like I saw the show it's not you know it's not that Right. so was, <laughs> I don't I never got the whole fandom thing or whatever but it's definitely been funny to watch people be like wait this isn't like a gay rom-com
0: yeah I'm not much of a theater person from an audience perspective in general I studied theater for two years and I write plays and shit but I don't like enjoy it um, <laughs> the, I I I feel like even beyond that the idea the feelings that people have about this show are always in some sense going to be lost to me because I saw the movie and I haven't seen the show mm-hmm. but like reading this this uh oral history and seeing these quotes from Amy Adams and Julianne Moore and everyone in the cast about like what huge fans <laughs> of the show they were and and how excited they were to play a part in it. It, it it's 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 just so it just so it doesn't jibe with. And Dear Evan Hansen is really something that like for four years or whatever it was just like this is a thing that a lot of people like but I'm probably never going to see and it's not going to have any kind of impact on me and then it it, it really blindsided me as (laughs) as something that would engender this kind of reaction out of me at any point in my life
1: definitely if if you weren't you know in the not in the fan that wasn't but like you're not familiar firsthand with like what it was about, it's you could not predict what it's going to be about because it is kind of a bizarre storyline for like a you know mainstream like musical that everybody loved.
0: Yeah. Well let's uh continue with it. So Evan writes this letter to himself and he's not in a good place and he um he writes it. It's sort of the, th- th- you sort of get the implication immediately. Like they, like you get that, like someone told him to write a letter to himself or, he, or he thought of himself, whatever they, they describe after the fact and explain it a couple times throughout the movie, that it was an assignment from his therapist. There's this weird bit. I am jumping all over the place, but um, quickly thereafter, they introduced his, um, his, his gay, uh, friend who doesn't like him uh Jared mm-hmm. <laughs> and the, who was um...
1: not he was not gay in the musical. there was no
0: really?
1: well, I mean, he wasn't unless I'm misremembering, which I don't think I am, he was not uh referenced to be gay in the musical. It was very, very strange to hear him talk about that. um I have a suspicion that they made him reference being gay so that the brief gay jokes in um the uh, sincerely me wouldn't be considered yeah. homophobic even though i don't think it was homophobic <laughs> to begin with but it was just it, it kinda, kinda, kind of kind of kind of a weird you know one-liner like oh i hooked up with a guy kind of
0: thing yeah, it, it, it i i think the, the Sincerely Me song and the 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 relationship that this movie has to gay people is very weird. Oh yeah. <laughs> like it's 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 not quite it's not quite homophobic, but it's like if I didn't know any better, I I would assume that it it feels very like 20 years ago in terms of in terms of just its idea oh, yeah. of gay people. <laughs> yeah. But so Jared has this weird ongoing bit about how about how he thinks the the writing a letter to yourself is a sex thing. And yeah.
1: Like, kind of bafflingly. Yeah, there were
0: there were a couple there were a couple jokes in this movie that that did work. Most of them were I was gonna say about the the sincerely Me number, which I guess we'll get to later that it was pretty much the only scene of this movie that I thought really worked. But um, the, that bit that they do like three it's just like <laughs> I I I guess it's a it, it's it's an obvious place to go to if you're going to to do to, you know the what is that effects thing joke, but like <laughs> where do you get the idea that it's a sex? Thing?
1: Yeah, and especially the like the content of the letters that are about like being depressed and anxious and like meeting a friend like in what way could that possibly even be a sex thing
0: so strange so they they have this setup where evan goes to school and he has one friend who doesn't like him and they're you know introduce all these other characters you're Alana, you're zoe and he he's got the hots for zoe but he, he assumes she doesn't know that he exists and um he he has this interaction with um with Connor, where wherein he, I kind of like, you know, Connor signs his cast, and I, I there's a certain level to which I mean the, I I get the idea that Connor is supposed to be kind of inscrutable because like the the idea is that no one knows him, but it I I wasn't sure what the angle really was for that the brief interaction that evan and connor have in terms of like d- does connor like him or the- <laughs> I, I, yeah it
1: thing. it really feels like connor like hates him and then all of mm-hmm. a sudden is like um, oh i'm gonna do this nice thing for you so we can both pretend that we have a friend and then immediately hates him again i don't yeah. i don't know why they
0: and then he, yeah, and then no. he's like, be- and then he's like betrayed when he when he sees the letter. That's like, yeah. He's like, "Is this to fuck with me?" And it's like, "Why would it be?" <laughs>
1: Why, yeah. The a a plot plot point that I could not get over for a lot of the movie was what like modern day teenager is going to write this incredibly personal letter with his first and last name on it, printed out in public in school, around like. Yeah other people who are like referenced in the letter. Like, A, why would he be working on it in school? And also, why would you print it out? Just do it, yeah, keep it on, on your phone. Like, can't, why would you do anything that would let someone else see that?
0: Email it to your therapist, or like yeah. if it's supposed to, like handwrite it if it's supposed to be like, yes, like, like a, a personal thing, you know?
1: And then he's like surprised that uh, Connor sees it, even though Connor is like in front of him in the line to get it from the printer. So, like, that, that was just, I, I couldn't get over, it. like, what are you doing? Why would you, why would you do that and then be, like, upset that somebody found it? Like, you kind of walked into that one.
0: Yeah, a lot of uh, sort of immediate, um, just, just, like, basic characterization and plotting stuff that just doesn't yeah. quite work right away with with the thing. And, um yeah, Evan doesn't see Connor for a couple days and is like, you know, terrified of him, thinks he's gonna, you know, uh, want to fight him or whatever and um, learns, uh, you know, is called into the principal's office where, where Connor's uh, parents are and learns that he committed suicide and that he had the the letter on him at that time and therefore the parents... Sort of assuming that 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 uh, that Evan and Connor were friends. There were there was a, a line from that scene with with Evan and the parents where he this is the moment where he decides to uh lie. <laughs> and the I, I I you know he kind of he kinda lies about some things before, but there's like where the lie of the movie starts, and there's this line where <laughs> where he's he's sort of convinced them that he's not that he didn't really know Connor that well and was about to get out of there, and then Amy Adams sees that uh, that Connor signed his cast, and she says, "Quote his greatest, most dearest friend." The, the, Amy Adams had a lot of really weird lines. In this oh movie. yeah, yeah, like
1: that's kind of a kind of a jump. <laughs>
0: The the, the 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 characterization of her is very much like she's, you know it's built around the idea that she would uh, be quick to believe anything about uh, uh, that th- that would make her feel better about about uh, Connor's uh, life and death. Um, but I, I i just i feel like it really comes at the expense of. Her feeling like a person just because she's 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 just so motivated by 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 finding something to believe in that that just becomes like the only thing about her for for a lot of the movie.
1: Yeah, I mean, I like obviously you kind of have to give her some leeway to do like not great things because she's I mean. The only real thing about her is that she's like grieving, but she was mm-hmm. so just making making these like assumptions about Evan and kind of like pushing him into doing this kind of thing that it was like it was it was just just kind of weird like her her character, but yeah, i mean she I... She's, she's just the grieving mom, and like that's kind of it, really. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it feels like they they really heighten her in order to try to make it feel in that moment like <laughs> like like you see why Evan is lying about it. And yet, going back to this this thing that Levinson was talking about early on in the writing process of like the the fact that a lot of people, most people attach themselves to 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 other people's tragedies uh, a lot of the time. So to to have to heighten it so much to, to to get to the point where where Evan has no choice but to start this lie. Like uh, you, I I feel like you've already lost the idea that there's something universal about it.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. Like I could almost see Alana's whole thing as being that sort of like oh everybody wants to attach themselves to like. Make them look good after a tragedy. I don't think anybody can really relate to having done what. Or at least I hope people can't relate to like having done the kind of thing that Evan did, because it it didn't really have anything to do with like making yourself look good after somebody like you know it, it, something tragic happens. It's more along the lines of like I want a girlfriend and new rich parents, which is just. It doesn't really come across the same way as, yeah, you know, like what they were initially talking about.
0: Yeah, his his drive he feels like the, the he feels like the guy from Little Shop of Horrors, but he's in like a like like a drama about you know suicide and oh yeah, uh, like, it, 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 it's 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 a problem. <laughs> yeah. I just i don't know i don't know what's going on with amy adams lately but yeah she had like she had this incredible run for like like just in like arrival and nocturnal animals in 2016 and then doing sharp objects in 2018 but lately it's been like vice and hillbilly elegy and mm, woman in the window some,
1: some choices
0: I, I i don't know what the story is and I, yeah she she was clearly one of the people who was, like, super enthusiastic about doing this movie, but she really did not, um, did not get, uh, done justice by it.
1: Nope.
0: Evan goes to dinner at the Murphy's house, and, uh, by this point, they, like, the, the, the story has been told, and they believe that he was a, a close friend of Connor. <laughs> Connor's only close friend. He goes to dinner, and, uh in the song for forever, he invents this, uh, story about them going to the orchard and that's how he breaks his arm. The thing with the orchard, and I'm sure this will, that this will come back later, but like Evan just mentions trees. And again, Amy Adams' character is like, you don't mean the old orchard, do you? So, like, as this thing with the orchard spirals and becomes like this fundraiser where they're trying to raise like $200,000 for it, we don't actually know that Connor cared about the orchard. That'll that, that oh, give yeah, thing is Yeah, it's kind <laughs>
1: of like I think she implies that they had like been there when he was a kid, but like, yeah,
0: it's but like Zoe doesn't care about it.
1: Yeah. It's, so much money that could have been you know like there's plenty of if you want to donate to like suicide prevention stuff but now they're just redoing an orchard that none of them really like actually give a shit about
0: and and it's after this scene that uh and into the uh sincerely mean number that jared starts to talk about says says something like they think you guys were gay and uh, like 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 there are a couple jokes about that in the in the sincerely me song, but it it's it it just strikes this really weird <laughs> note I feel like that this is really you know I mean other than Jared being gay in one line in the movie like that, mm. you know they um it's this really you know strange relationship that it has to being gay. I would say like I said about the um the the sincerely me number that was really the one scene in the movie where I felt like the energy was right and the song was good. And the performance was like, like th- that was the one thing that worked yeah. for
1: me. It's a, it's a, it's a fun song and it works because it's, I think, cause it's not like taking itself seriously. So it's yeah. like, it is actually kind of funny. It, they cut out. Um, I, I think they cut out um the, best line about being gay in it which is that like our friendship goes beyond your average kind of bond not because we're gay we're close but not that way the only man that i love is my dad um which is i mean you know bizarre i don't know why they cut that out um because it was kind of funny in context but it is it's just like i liked that scene i thought they did a good job with that at least
0: yeah Pretty much the only intentional laugh that this movie got out of me was the line where, uh, where where he says, if I stop smoking crack, and it comes to Evan being like, crack?
1: Yeah. <laughs> I stop smoking drugs.
0: was <laughs> pretty good. I mm-hmm. like that song. And the little dance they do, I like the go-kart thing. That was fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, suddenly after like 20 minutes without a song now there's a bunch of songs on top of each other because it, it pretty much goes right from this to requiem where, where where it's just like you know the family's totally in on the letter and zoe is like confused about it and like it's this weird pacing thing that i was talking about where um to, to have practically no songs in the beginning and it was really. That, like like pretty early on I was like does this movie need to have songs in it w- would this movie be improved by maybe not being a musical and I I will talk about ways that this movie could maybe be improved but I, mm-hmm. I feel like there might be something there and then all of a sudden it's like for forever sincerely me Requiem if I could tell her like pretty much right on top of each other
1: mm-hmm. yeah it, it, it feels like they need to make it like a quote unquote like normal movie to like set up for it, and then all of a sudden, they just kind of are throwing in all of the songs. They, because um, mm-hmm. I know they cut out like a handful of songs. I don't entirely remember if they would have gone in that beginning part, but yeah, it was like for a while. It's like just kind of forget that if they're gonna break into song in a little bit.
0: Yeah, and there's there's one moment later that uh, that really calls attention to the. The weird relationship that it has to 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 the musical element but um yeah so Zoe is sort of uh confused about the letter and wondering about this this idea of um she, she sort of becomes the the receptacle for that point about uh about like uh, attaching yourself to a stranger's death which is weird because it's her brother
1: yeah I mean I guess like it's you know her brother was like a stranger to her because they didn't get along and stuff but like yeah, yeah it's kind of she she was the one of the only people that I really fe- I mean I feel bad for his parents but like the um uh, the requiem song I thought that like her whole kind of narrative about like that people expect her to be grieving a certain way but then she's like has all these complicated feelings about her brother like I thought Her, that, that was powerful, but then it kind of is juxtaposed with everybody else's weird shit that's going on with them.
0: Yeah, I guess I could see that. I never really felt like I was sold on the extent to which her and Connor were supposed to, like, have, have not really spent any time together. I guess I kind of got that, but there were also elements, like, in the first scene where it felt like she just didn't like Connor, and then there were... Uh, yeah i feel like it was a little all over the place with that
1: yeah because uh to me i got kind of like that his anger issues or mental illness or whatever kind of that she just remembered him being mean to her i don't i remember there being a line i don't know if this it might have not been in the movie um where she was talking about like the mom was like remember the good times and she was like no i remember like all this stuff that he did to me but yeah they don't really i don't know maybe that maybe it would have helped if they had gone to like interact on screen or like Mm -hmm. do anything like before he died but you don't really i guess get the full picture of like what their relationship or his relationship with his parents was really supposed to be like i guess because you know he gets introduced and then pretty much immediately dies
0: yeah i i i, I guess it makes sense that they w- wouldn't have interacted but i feel like just in 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 the sense of cinema it would have made sense to just have them like in those you know five minutes of they're in school together just have like zoe and connor in the same room and what happens <laughs> when they pass by each other you know <laughs> like like just a little bit of that
1: i think i think um the anybody have a map the song that they cut out in the beginning um with the moms i think had um more of him interacting with zoe and with like the family which is you know would have been nice to see in the
0: movie yeah (laughs) and then the next song is if i could tell her which was yeah, one of the one of the more upsetting things in the in the movie. For
1: oh me, just yeah, because
0: it's the origin point of of Zoe and Evan's romance, and it consists of him telling her all the things that her brother <laughs> oh, <laughs> liked <yeah>. about her.
1: <laughs> if somebody told me that my sibling was saying that stuff about me. I would be a little bit weirded out by, like, like it start, it starts with, like, oh, like, he noticed these, like, cute things that you do. And then it gets a little bit, like, all he noticed all of these things in a way that obviously sounds like he has a crush on you, um, which Zoe doesn't seem to question. And then the, at the end when he's, like, singing, like, I love you, so, like, romantically, it's, like, okay, that's, like, that – uh like maybe yeah, and it, not the covers cover story's not working anymore.
0: It's something that's really there throughout the whole movie where like, you know, the Murphys are sort of taking in Evan as like a surrogate for for, for Connor and as an adoptive son while he's having this romance with Zoe. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah it's it's it the like his relationship with Zoe is so weird and also I think it makes him less sympathetic because like I could understand yeah. the being drawn to having a relationship with like parents that he doesn't have and but then it's like and also he's like trying to get this girlfriend and that it it just felt kind of weird to me that it's it's it, it felt like he was taking advantage of her in a way
0: yeah, t- just talking in in film terms again. Just like the 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 tangible like want that this that this character is shown to have in the beginning is is Zoe, and that just colors like with with, with every step that he takes towards. Obviously, he sings a song about wanting to belong and and you know be be a part of the world with everyone else. But like, it, it's it's hard not to see him like coming into this family and becoming so invested in even even like talking to Connor to begin with and becoming so invested after the fact in Connor, it feels like he's trying to, it, it, the, the, like the idea that he's doing it all to get with Zoe can't yeah. be ignored. And especially when like the entry point into a relationship with Zoe is him acting as a mouthpiece for her brother. Like, <laughs> like no one is, is, spared in it.
1: Yeah. is. It, it, it it's it's weird
0: <laughs> yeah the next song is an original it's the anonymous ones which was written by Patrick and paul along with Amanda sandberg um personally i thought this was one of the better songs of the movie actually yeah but um it yeah it's uh sort of expanding on this alana character who we've really only only seen up to this point as like the you know person who speaks at an assembly and is just involved in everything and and now we're sort of they they bond over what what uh pills they take and they sort of talk about like mental health struggles and and how um you can't always tell uh what someone is struggling with and um yeah, I I, I I thought that was that was. Yeah, right. yeah, I
1: appreciated that they gave Olana like something because she really didn't have any like the all the stuff about her also having depression and stuff was not in the musical, and I I appreciated that that they gave her some uh, nuance, even if she still does like some bad stuff, but like.
0: Yeah,
1: I, I also thought that this was one of the one of the better uh, parts of of it. And also, I love a manless So, yeah,
0: and they uh, it's in this scene that they talk about starting the Connor project dedicated to keeping Connor's memory alive. I feel like that is something that um, the the setup of it makes sense, but I feel like there's. I, I mean I guess in kind of a realistic way but the the direction that that kind of takes throughout the way the the rest of the movie is um, interesting to follow I guess we kind of already talked about it but um again a little bit of time passes and then we get before there's another song and then we get to uh, you will be found which is at uh, at a memorial for Connor that I guess is also like a sort of introducing the Connor project he um gets on stage and he's super nervous and everyone starts laughing at him, which I I sort of don't expect to. Yeah. It sort of feels unbelievable that that people would start laughing at the guy who's afraid to speak at someone's, who's like crying at someone's memorial, you know, (laughs) like.
1: Yeah, it was, um, I I, I felt bad for him in that moment. Um, Sure. I think the, what happens after the memorial with them, like, it going viral um kind of took me out of it a little bit because
0: yeah it's
1: it's like the writers didn't have any concept of like what things go viral and the fact that nobody's gonna make a YouTube video telling you to watch a different YouTube video. Like it 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 felt kind of weird to me
0: yeah the thing that i had in my notes while i was watching the movie about the anonymous one song is just the line the anonymous one noticed by none go bobcat yeah. <laughs> 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 it's, just, it's sort of like that uh the logic song uh with with the suicide hotline is the title and, and it's like who can relate Woo! it's, it's just <laughs> sort of it just sort of takes you out of a out of a, a, a meaningful moment there but yeah, in terms of the thing going viral, that just first of all, it breaks the musical because is is, is the video, is it a video of him singing a song that's going viral? Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah like, is it supposed to be a speech that's just they're singing because it's a musical? Or is it like he breaks into song at Memorial and nobody questions that? Like, it's, it's, it does kind of take you out of it a bit.
0: Yeah, it's something inherent in 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 a movie musical where you have to sort of t- t- you have to maintain that suspension of disbelief in terms of people break out into song, but it it's it's meant to convey something. It's not like they're actually breaking out into song, or they are, and that's and, and that's what's established. But when you have like you know he sings a song at the memorial, that's fine. When when that video goes viral, you're asking the question of what was actually happening in that scene (laughs) and it, it, it it just throws that suspension of disbelief out the window
1: yeah and in um in the the musical the um way that they do the staging for like the the sharing on social media stuff was really cool um like visually it was not particularly interesting i think in the movie i guess it's just you know just because it's not it's not a stage anymore, mm-hmm. but um, that was one of the few things that I actually liked about the musical was the the staging, and you know didn't even have that.
0: In terms of the going viral, the note that I that I kept was of the the title of the video that goes viral, which is "His best friend died. <laughs> you won't believe what he did now."
1: <laughs> <laughs> that was I. That was. Um... <laughs> Excellent clickbait title. Um
0: gotta laugh out of me. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I loved that that part. <laughs>
0: you, won't, his best friend died. you won't believe what happens.
1: <laughs> you won't believe what happens next. He gives a speech. Why
0: won't he I gives believe a it? speech at his funeral? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty
1: believable. That was I that was pretty great.
0: Just having all those videos of people being like, I did think it was a little realistic that everyone talking about the video was just saying the exact same thing that Evan says in the video. Oh yeah. Like, <laughs> that part I understood. But it it, it um, like a lot of like a lot of things in this movie, it's like you you see the narrative idea there, but the way that it's played out just sort of calls into question a lot of things.
1: Yeah, I did like the, when it shows everybody commenting on, like, Connor's Facebook page saying, like, I never got to know you, but, like, I wish that I had. That, I think, was kind of, like, the stuff that they'd been going for originally with the, like, everybody's kind of trying to make it about them. But then it, it felt like they weren't really criticizing that stuff. Like, it was just, it was a nice thing that everybody's being like i wish that we got to be better friends even though everybody kind of hated him when he was alive yeah
0: it's another fundamental problem with this movie and probably with the musical too even though i haven't seen it just that like it's it's painted on such a it's uh, in its bones it's a it's a feel-good movie and then it's trying like like they have an idea of how fucked up the story is on some level but they're not willing to like. Play it that way because mm-hmm. it's it, it's supposed to it's supposed to be a feel good movie.
1: Yeah, and I think it could have been a really interesting story if they had not not been trying to make it like inspirational and actually been kind of showing how fucked up a lot of the people are. But in by making it like oh, it's the feel good musical that's gonna inspire you. Every it kind of has to like whitewash a lot of the things that people do to make it like oh everything works out in the end but there's potential for something that's like interesting that they just don't you know do
0: so evan and alana launched a crowdfunding campaign to rebuild connor's favorite orchard which again (laughs) as far as we know didn't remember it at all like there's (laughs) there's
1: there's, (laughs) so much money that could have gone to like an actual good cause just to (laughs) remake this orchard that nobody cares about
0: yeah, you you see how it got to that point, but it is <laughs> it is. Yeah. I, I can't help but think about how there <laughs> there's there's you know there's no reason to think that that Connor really cared about that orchard.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and the next song is "Only Us," which comes when Evan and Zoe be- like become officially involved, and we you know see them going to a bunch of things together that no one else is at for some reason because <laughs> it's only us. <laughs> It's only them. Yeah. And, uh, this sort of causes him to neglect school and family and this, um, this thing with his mom where they want to do taco Tuesday and she keeps putting it off and then he keeps putting it off and, uh, and also neglecting the Connor project.
1: Mm. Yeah. Like that also, I mean, I don't like their relationship in general, him and Zoe, but also that, like, he just kind of drops all of his other, like, responsibilities as soon as he like gets what he wants out of it that's like, the
0: thing he wants
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah and like in in the musical there's more about him developing a relationship with the parents also that like he has this whole song with the dad about him being like a father figure for him um, that I think makes it feel a little bit more like oh he's getting this like perfect family out of it and not just like now he has a girlfriend, so like, he's happy. Which... yeah. Was, also, he just looked so much older than her. I don't yeah. think he is that much older than uh, Kate. Probably Natchito, not, or, but,
0: but, but like, Caitlyn never... It.
1: She looks like she could be a, a high schooler in a movie.
0: And Ben Platt looks like Mick Jagger in this for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can talk about the, the self-centeredness, first of all, but it's just like... At what point did they think, like, like, like? They talk about having all these conversations about, like, how to make the character endearing, and like, on what level we're supposed to like him, and like, where did they think that came in? <laughs> like- yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It doesn't. It doesn't make him likable.
0: We, we get this one moment where he like drops his cue cards and a couple kids laugh at him and that's 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 one thing where we try kind to of feel for him a little bit and then they're like, and now he's not even not even ke- taking care of the lie because he's yes. busy with- <laughs>
1: he's busy with his his girlfriend um who he is only dating because he lied and pretended that her dead brother cared about her, which is so fucked up
0: man and and then again at the same time as this as this relationship is is consuming his life he's becoming her surrogate brother and uh the, the the murphys offer to pay for his college and uh his his mom is very upset by that gesture that 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 scene it was believable but like no eh, i guess whatever like 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 i i look back on it and it's a little like i guess you just don't really get a sense for like to what extent there is a financial struggle there and you know
1: yeah like how how
0: much like he really does need it yeah because
1: they were they did reference a couple times the that him needing to like get that scholarship money for uh like in order for him to be able to pay for college but it just felt like it came out of nowhere that they were like we'll we'll pay for your college and also kind of weird for them to the first time that they meet his mom to be offering to pay for his college like you think that they would have tried to learn more about his situation first
0: yeah and they're they're paying for it using connor's uh college fund (laughs) for, for the record
1: which is uh like I don't know, pay for Zoe's college with that. I guess she probably has her own college fund. But, like, it's just, it's so much. It's such a uh, huge gesture for somebody that you've known for, like, months, maybe. But they, like, after that scene is what I, my favorite song in the actual musical where uh, Evan's mom and I think Jared and Alana are all singing about, like, being upset about the fact that he's kind of left them all behind now that he got what he wanted out of this, right, which yeah. I think like that really felt like they, they took out all of the, I mean, they completely dropped um, Jared and Alana having any sort of reaction to like what he's doing.
0: Yeah. Something I didn't even think about until now, where, where the fuck is Jared for the rest of the movie? <laughs>
1: like, yeah, like, he just, you, he, he just you, dropped. <laughs> he doesn't care. He's just gone. In like out. in, uh, in the, the, Good for you, which was the song that they uh, cut out of the movie. They're kind of, his mom is being like, "I'm like, good for you. you got like, oh, this real family that you want, and the friends are like that you kind of dragged me into this and then dipped and like, aren't even acting sorry about it. And I think it it loses something not having that moment where people get to really be mad at him like it goes straight from him doing all of this stuff and then being really sad about it and then like that i i i feel like it was it was missing those real reactions people being like this is a messed up thing that you did and like then you abandoned me
0: yeah we get the um the reaction within the way that they do the only us number but it, Mm -hmm. it, it feels like they. It feels like they took out a lot of songs to, like I said before, really emphasize Ben Platt as Evan and have that be the main thing for the whole Mm. movie, but it's not a good idea. (laughs) Like it doesn't, it doesn't do, do the thing any favors. Yeah. So yeah, the next number is uh the reprise of the anonymous ones, which comes after Evan uh, Alana confronts Evan about uh dropping the project and is like, Were you guys actually friends? Yeah. <laughs> and uh Evan, you know, b- puts her worries to rest by showing by showing her the letter and that and that that's enough for her (laughs) for sure Mm -hmm. but this he he escalates the lie in that moment by explicitly saying to someone connor wrote this letter
1: (laughs) yeah yeah and like the fact that if she like is at least familiar with the emails and questions that but doesn't question this letter um it's it's not really proof because he's just saying it but i mean i get like Yeah. She's not really going to question it to his face that, like...
0: Because he's handing it to her instead of showing her a photo.
1: (laughs) Yeah. The moment where she put it online was so, like, I mean, it was in the musical, but it's Mm -hmm. so messed up that it was just, like, Alana had her issues, but she was, especially because in the movie she was explicitly, like, oh i uh, also have like issues with mental illness and like i understand and then that she just kind of posts a suicide note online it was so like messed up
0: yeah it it it's a completely out of nowhere turn for that character yeah. I, I i get the idea of like wanting to put, put put some kind of twist on that character and have and have her do something that is not necessarily agreeable but it just you know, it doesn't. It, it, it's really upsetting, and it's and again, it's it's for the orchard, which Evan does not care about at this yeah. point in the story. Nobody, and no didn't one cares care about. about the
1: orchard. <laughs> but like, and yeah, the, the they were raising so much money for it, like so much. It was a lot of money,
0: dollars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: which I don't feel. I mean, I don't know how much money it takes to like. Rebuild an orchard, but it feels like a lot of money, especially an orchard that nobody cares about.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and
1: then everyone's everyone's reaction to the letter being like, "Oh, his family is terrible." There's nothing in the letter that implies that his family is terrible. Just that he doesn't have the best relationship with his sister. Like, there's nothing that's yeah. like, "Oh, my parents are terrible to me." And then everybody's like. I would kill myself too if I had them for a family. Like, whoa, okay.
0: <laughs> but the thing is, like, the, the I, I remember seeing the first comment that was like, "His family is rich. Why are they begging uh, people to donate to pay for That's this orchard?" And That's part- I
1: was like, "That is fair." Wait a second. <laughs> like, they they should have used his college fund for the fucking orchard. That like, yeah, it's. That that part makes sense about like why do you need to get money from other people if they are so stated to be
0: rich so many times? Um, and it was something that it was something that I had completely not thought about until yeah, this, me too. This, until this 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 troll, this the the, the this evil faceless character in the movie pointed out, and I was like, yeah, why don't they pay yeah. for the archer?
1: It's like they were like, oh, we have this plot hole in our movie. Let's kind of have somebody point out that it's a plot hole so you'll think about it, but not talk about, like, why why didn't they pay for it? If it, the mom thinks it's so meaningful, I don't know, maybe could ask her for for some money? Yeah, I thought it was so weird how, um, like, that part made sense, but then when everybody was like, oh, you know, it's, like, people are sending threats to the family now because of, like, that the letter implied that they were uh, being terrible to him. And like it, it, it didn't, and I don't understand why everybody was so upset at the family. And especially the part where everybody in the supermarket is looking at Amy Adams weird. It's like, how does everybody in the supermarket know who she is? So it doesn't seem like it's a particularly small town, but it's just all of these strangers know that she's the mom. (laughs)
0: <laughs> There's a couple things. First, that um, the idea of making it like they couldn't make the leap from the, the the child of this wealthy family was suicidal. There must have been something going on at home. But as soon as as soon as. Like the, like, the fact that he committed suicide is one thing, but once they, they post a letter saying, like, I'm depressed, they're like, oh, well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, they didn't realize he was depressed until yeah. they read the letter. <laughs> they didn't, it's like, if
1: they can kind of just make it about suicide in general, then it's fine. But then if you have to think about that, like, a teenager who killed himself probably has a lot of, like, complicated issues going on Everybody's like, no,
0: don't talk about that. I, I, I definitely think it's, you know, weird that I, the, <laughs> that it gets to such a point, again, from that letter that doesn't really add anything to the narrative of, of, of the family being bad, but in the sense of me as an audience watching the movie, seeing that comment and realizing, hey, yeah, why doesn't the family who are the only people who care about the orchard pay for the orchard? Yeah. And then, two, and then five seconds later to be like, now you, you have to feel bad for the family. Like, I was like, what are you trying to be doing here? Yeah.
1: It's like, and if, if they want to, like, prove that they care about, like, the orchard and about him, like, just, you spot the rest of the money that she needs to finish the kickstarter like it it was weird for them to address that but then just be like eh, you know not gonna give any reason that they don't i don't know it was it was it was weird
0: when evan sees that the that the the, the murphys are you know in, in such deep shit over this uh, over the letter that doesn't talk about them at all <laughs> he he finally does uh reveal that uh that that he lied about being friends with connor and um another line from me adams that i made a note of is but that day at the orchard you and connor at the orchard yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> like everything else would have been a lie but like not that particular story
0: yeah like <laughs> you're telling me this thing i'd never heard about that <laughs> yeah didn't happen? but uh yeah they he and zoe break up but the family agrees to like keep it a secret to preserve connor's memory and then uh Pretty pretty quickly, it goes into so big, so small, where Evan and his mother have a heart to heart, and he reveals to her a the you know the lie about everything, and B that that he jumped out of the tree,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and um and then and then she starts talking about <laughs> she starts telling him about his own dramatic past with <laughs> with with, with mm-hmm. his uh, absent father.
1: Yeah, I at that scene in the musical everyone was sobbing it was like you could just hear Mm. the sniffles like throughout the whole theater Um, i was like okay but like it's a sad moment but also just like it was it was also like you know um, your kid is telling you that he is like suicidal and then you're telling him about how his father abandoned him like, I don't know, maybe you can just talk about how like you're here from him for him without bringing in um his his trauma. Um, they also the musical only kind of vaguely implies that the um, jumping out of the tree was like a suicide attempt. I was kind of surprised that they made it so uh, spelled mm-hmm. it out. I think it it, I guess makes him more sympathetic i guess that like he can kind of relate to it more um yeah i didn't like i kind of liked that they made it more explicit in in the movie
0: yeah this is um this is the moment where that uh that that uh, crying scene comes into play and it was, it was like for a while i wasn't paying attention to how weird he looked. And then it's in this, first of all, when he's like stalking around the Murphy house and and, and, and no one sees him. And then like in the, in the crying moment in the next scene where I really was taken out once again of a, of a moment that kind of worked on an emotional level, just by the, just by the way that he looks. Mm -hmm. And the way that he sings too, like, 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 like absent of, you know, appearance and everything, there was this, this whole idea of like the, the performance of Ben Platt as Evan Hansen is the thing that we're preserving with this movie. And I think there are elements that just work better on stage than on screen, but like, this was not that kind of performance. Yeah. (laughs) Like, like he's, I don't get the sense that he's a bad uh, actor or, or singer or anything, but it, 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 it there's even the, the, there are the things that are so abjectly like funny and, and sort of grotesque about it in terms of the, the just appearance, but then it's fine other than that. <laughs> like,
1: like... Yeah, it was, I like, I, I don't, honestly even remember much of like that whole like it his, it was just kind of fine his performance with the like the, that part that's supposed to be so you know emotionally impactful it's like yeah he was crying and that was just kind of you know for all the talk about his performance it was like fine
0: <laughs> Evan decides to learn more about Connor. he reaches out to people who knew him and reads all his favorite books including ready player one Mm. and uh that sequence is scored by uh a little closer which for a little bit i was like why are they having like a soundtrack song in 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 the middle of the movie but then there was like that reveal of like it was it was connor singing and i was like yeah okay and then and then um a year passes, uh, Evan and Zoe meet up at the Orchard, which has been successfully restored. Mm-hmm. Uh, Evan is taking a year off before starting college, they talk about how they wish they could have been together, and um, Evan writes himself a positive letter about being himself. End of movie.
1: <laughs> there was uh, something that I I noticed in the, uh, the scene with uh, Zoe in the Orchard, is that she references like connor like that connor loved this place it's like i don't know did he like is it is that meant to like imply that like oh he had visited when they were like when he was actually alive or like does does he care about it you don't really know
0: like, yeah cuz in the, in the scene in the scene at the dinner like it seems like they like they hadn't thought about that place at all since Connor was a kid so yeah like,
1: <laughs> like that they they were surprised that he had like been to the orchard and now it's like oh yeah my family goes here all the time because Connor loves this place and it's like well i mean <laughs> did Connor love this place or did Evan tell you that he did
0: right i the, the, you know the the lie was there for so long that, that it got mixed up. I just feel like the there's a lot of overall things to talk about. I think that um in addition to that impression that some people including the people who made the movie had that um that the complaint was just about Ben Platt being old when in fact it's about the the fact that he looks like Nosferatu, but oh, Yeah. Um,
1: I love that comparison because it it makes so much sense. He really does. <laughs>
0: there's also just like a sense because because he looks like that and because it's so front and center it's the thing that everyone's talking about it's the thing where if everything else in the movie was fine that would be the breaking point but i feel like there are so many other ways in which this movie doesn't work Mm -hmm. and some of it is like Personally, like, I don't think most of the songs are very good. <laughs> Maybe they're just not done justice by the way they're by the way they're played here. But I really I think most of them are sound the same and oh, are yeah. pretty forgettable. Yeah. There's a lot in terms of just like the costume design, where I know it's this iconic thing of he has like the blue-striped polo or whatever, but they everything just feels like it feels like someone who only does like Victorian period pieces was asked to costume uh, a modern day high school yeah and, and, and they're just they're, they're, they're just so obsessed with like well what, what what colors are people wearing and what 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 shapes are people forming like, like like it doesn't feel genuine at all uh, and it, it, it's one of a lot of things about this movie that just immediately, takes you out of any, any any of the many genuine moments that it tries to have there's i hate to sound like a like a like a a, conserv- a conservative you know uh, demagogue about it but like there there's something so morally backward about about just the way the, the way that this movie treats its characters and how you always want the opposite of what every major character wants yeah. And none of them. uh, Just thinking about that ending, like Evan basically, Evan basically doesn't have to atone for anything at all. Oh yeah,
1: (laughs) he's like he's forgiven without doing anything, and he has like really no no real consequences. And then it's just kind of like it's time to move on, feel better about yourself. Like I don't know. Yeah, he
0: he basically decides that he's forgiven. Like he writes himself that letter and he's like, and and, and he's like, I I just got to be myself. Yeah. they, They talk about how, okay, we're doing a movie, we can actually show this process to a year later where Evan like, like, like does the work. But uh, but they don't they don't really sh- they he they don't really do anything they do one song where he's like reading books and and finding out more about Connor and that that's just all they got and then they cut to a year eight later again like, yeah
1: and like I feel like the issue with what he did wasn't that he didn't know Connor well enough it was that he was you know lying to them and like taking advantage of the family like. That may, there was probably some other work that you needed to do, other than like watching um, Connor singing a private song that he probably didn't want his parents um, to hear.
0: Yeah, just like <laughs> you think of all the of, of all the moral, you know, and they clearly had a sense at some point of like the, there's there's some fucked up things going on in this story, but like you think you think of what they all are, and it's it's the fact that he's you know lying to everyone for kind of selfish reasons and that never yeah. gets resolved. It's the you know the the, the the thing with the family and how they're kind of exploiting uh Connor's death they basically get everything they want out of that There's this this weird thing with Zoe where they, where, where where he's like her, her brother and he's also dating her that, that yeah. doesn't turn into anything they drop that the like nothing that you need resolve gets resolved and it just basically does As far as I know, a pretty similar ending to the play. They just like they 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 just like do. Oh yeah, the the ending was
1: the ending was pretty much the same, except that it didn't have the whole uh, sequence of him learning about Connor. It just goes um, pretty much right from like him and his mom to like oh a year later. So they, it's like they they try. To add in all that stuff about him like working on himself, but they just kind of came to the wrong conclusions about like what he needed to improve on. Like, yeah, it's him reading Connor's favorite books is isn't like that. That's not really what the issue was.
0: It it's so weird, because like again, you can tell that they that they had this idea that they they know there's something wrong with this mm-hmm. but every time to every extent to which they try to address it it feels like it it feels like they think they think he didn't do anything wrong because they 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 don't yeah. really have him they basically just show that he feels bad about it which is already shown in the last scene and then they just cut to the last scene like
1: yeah it's it's like they like they know objectively that he did something wrong but they don't really know what was wrong about it like Mm -hmm. that i mean i think if they had shown him like doing something like concrete to like make amends like the family were you know going to therapy or something then that would have been a more a better ending than him just kind of kind of stalking connor a little bit um And then deciding that, like, he's better now.
0: We can ask ourselves the question of how this movie could have been improved. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: The thing that I was thinking about the entire time and that I was sort of something that came to me right out the gate afterwards. Do you know the movie Clifford?
1: Like the big red dog?
0: No, it's a, it's a, it's a Martin Short movie from the nineties where he plays a 10 year old and it's a similar kind of thing where there's something that that's just inherently so funny about anytime it cuts to Martin Short and he's a 10 year old. And I just had this feeling the whole time where I was like, if they had put like will ferrell in this role mm-hmm. played everything about the movie exactly the same it would be the funniest Hollywood. oh movie yeah
1: no years. that would be that would be incredible
0: like the the idea of a of an unintentionally funny movie is kind of fraught because there are a lot of movies that intentionally lean in that direction and there are movies that like are technically bad but are good in that they're absurd and there are just good absurd movies that people say are bad the I, with this movie like if they were in on the joke, it would be so funny, and you can yeah. tell in in every, every second of the way that they are not in on the joke.
1: Yeah, and like, honestly, I felt like I was, I mean, I had seen the reviews before I, I saw it, and like, was not expecting to like, genuinely enjoy it, but I was at least hoping that it would be like a so bad, it's like funny kind of thing. And it didn't, like, it wasn't, it was taking itself too seriously to even be that. Mm-hmm. It was just kind of like, this is just not, just not enjoyable to watch. But yeah. I also just did, did not like the musical because I think, you know, the plot is so messed up and then there's no like resolution really that, um, so I was like, you know, I knew I wasn't gonna like it really but it would have been incredible if they had just decided like there's no way that what we have right now is going to be like genuinely good so let's just lean into it being bad that would have been um
0: but they were very funny they were also so convinced and i think they still are that this is a really good movie
1: (laughs) oh yeah yeah absolutely
0: like, like the, I, I, I that, that anecdote about a guy on the crew, they were just watching Ben Platt do the crying singing thing. And the guy was like, This is going to be a good movie. <laughs> and then just the way they talk, the way Ben Platt is like, I'm really disappointed that everyone's paying attention to my appearance and not letting the performance, you know, speak for itself. Like, it's a bad movie. <laughs> yeah. <I don't laughs> it's know. not Maybe, just like, you. Do you, do you really
1: want like the movie to be speaking for itself? Cause I don't think that'll make it better. But that, the, that uh story about the like the oh this is gonna be a good movie is such incredible dramatic irony of like <laughs> you s- telling that story unironically about your movie and then the movie sucks like yeah
0: in terms going back to the the how to make it better conversation I I think one thing that idea that, that that thing I started thinking about early on in the movie of like what if this wasn't a musical? I definitely don't feel I, I mean if it was if it wasn't a musical and it was like it was, it would be even worse because because like the few the few like emotional like the, the few things it gets out of you are from the music. but like I definitely think that there's something inherently flawed about telling this kind of story as a musical mm-hmm. a, in a movie.
1: Yeah, I think like they could have if they wanted to have made it like a a, not a musical and just like a serious movie. And like, I don't I mean, I don't think I would have enjoyed that, but like it might have been better. But if it would have been less broken. Yeah. But then if you if you just think about like the way that the movie was and just imagine like replacing the music with dialogue, it would just be like unwatchable even more so than it already is but yeah like just the the idea of you know it being a musical it kind of feels like a topic that just doesn't doesn't really work as a musical but it's so you know such a famous like they couldn't have done that thing where they like adapt it and take out the music because it's so famous for those handful of songs that were so totally overplayed during like 2016 or whatever it was that it came out
0: I definitely think that casting Ben Platt even to the extent that like if they hadn't done all that makeup shit like he probably would have looked fine I definitely think that there's an extent to which casting Ben Platt was inherently the wrong decision
1: yeah and also I mean I f- I feel like even people who were big fans of him in the show which uh he got rave reviews but I mean so did the musical itself but like if you're having to like compare his performance in the movie to like his supposedly incredible performance in the actual musical it's always going to kind of come up short so like like even if it even if he hadn't looked like that it would be still be like you're going to be comparing it to something that it's probably not going to be as good as um, and especially because they were so, yeah. like, emphasizing, like, oh, this is Ben Platt's movie. Also, another yeah. f- a funny thing about, like, them being, like, oh, the only person that could have played it is Ben Platt, even though he's, like, old for it, is that there were younger people playing Ben Platt on stage, including Ben Platt's actual boyfriend, who um he, Ben Platt was basically, like, yeah, he couldn't have, like, nobody could have played it but me. Um, I don't know if if I had been um, his actual boyfriend, being and him being like, it had to be me playing it. I've been like, well, I could have done it, but.
0: Well, right, like, yeah. <laughs> there's something. It comes off so defensive in that yeah. in that oral history, just how they they keep being like, no, we never considered anyone else but Ben Platt for this role. <laughs> yeah,
1: I don't know. I mean, maybe the reason you never considered anybody else but Ben Platt because Ben Platt's dad is like producing the movie (laughs) but they don't want to they don't want to (laughs) uh address that
0: yeah yeah the thing about about fixing the movie is that like i said i think the big fundamental issue is is the morality of it and the fact that Maybe there's just something inherent about, about having this guy. Again, the, the again, the character can be you 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 have this this little shop of horrors kind of protagonist in a teen drama about depression and suicide. Like maybe there's there there's something that inherently won't work about like telling this like self-serving web of lies kind of thing in, in a protagonist in in that kind of dramatic story.
1: Yeah, like, I I feel like, you know, having an unlikable protagonist or someone who's not, like, particularly moral can be really, like, interesting and really compelling, but not when they just kind of refuse to address that and just, like, don't really accept that he's a little bit, you know, morally fucked up and, like, that, like, there could have been potential for some, like, interesting exploration of, like, how what he did impacted people. But instead, yeah. it, it just kind of moves on and then suddenly he's all better and, you know they built the orchard
0: yeah first of all you really can't have that kind of protagonist i think in a story that is that, that is, has such an emphasis on making people feel seen mm-hmm. you know like like, like that's just not the, the, yeah the kind of story you don't you, you don't that want character. that kind
1: of like if you're gonna accept that he's like maybe not a great person then people aren't really gonna want to feel seen anymore by it
0: yeah and just like w- when you are having that kind of protagonist in in a drama like this you have to there has to be a reason to like him from somewhere and when you don't agree with any of his decisions and he's walking around like Jeff Bridges in Starman and he's you know ha- has this like the, the, this vaguely incestuous kind of dynamic with with his love interests and and none of the uh, none of the secondary protagonists that they, like they're they're all doing terrible things like there's there's just no center of something that you can actually feel sympathetic about here.
1: Yeah. which just like if, if they had taken out the songs then there would have just been nothing there that was like yeah. enjoyable for people, I guess. Although, I mean, I don't know if the general public feels the same way, but like, yeah, there's, there's, he's not even like a, like can be a, a, not a great person and be like a fun character, but he's very much not a fun yeah. character. He's,
0: he he doesn't seem like he'd be good to be around. He's, no. he's not like he doesn't have a good personality. He's not
1: <laughs> Yeah. I, and like the, the way that they I I mean that, that scene early in the movie when he just kind of sprints away from Zoe was I mean it was it was a funny scene because it was like what are you doing? But it the way that they portrayed anxiety felt kind of like as somebody who very much did have you know terrible social anxiety in high school it was i felt like i was supposed to relate to him but then it was just like whoa like what is like have you ever spoken to like a teenager with anxiety before because like what he's doing is just not what like a person does
0: there's, there's nothing recognizable about him and so much of this story is is built around him being recognizable. Yeah. I would say I don't wanna, I don't wanna you know leave it off without having some kind of conclusion on the fixing thing. I, I, I would say that the interesting angle is definitely not the like, the like feel good let's talk about mental health like 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 there like, the, the, like I, I I like to see that representation but the interesting angle on this is that sort of morally dubious like following this high school kid who's who's who dude, a classmate commits suicide and he's sort of like, like like weasels his way into into his story I feel like the interesting way of doing that is to kind of lean into how terrible Evan is. And, and, you know, they, 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 they wrote themselves into a corner as soon as they said that as soon as they made like the representation of mental illness in Evan, like a major part of it. Like, mm-hmm. l- 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 like now that obviously there are people like that in real life and there, there could be an element of like that behavior is something that we all do. But I think that to to tell this story in the most interesting way you want Evan to do these terrible things and for the movie to just be like, he's terrible.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But then if it's like, you know, which it, it wasn't even great, like as much as they were trying so hard to make it good mental health representation there, I didn't really feel like there w- was actually much there, but like, yeah. I, not that they would have ever done this. I think I would have enjoyed it a lot more if they had decided to just be like, screw it, let's just make Evan even more like morally messed up and just go full on like mm-hmm. horror with it and just make him like a terrible person trying to like uh, weasel his way into the Murphy's lives like that. I think that would have, that would have been a fun movie.
0: I do think there's an interesting horror angle on yeah. this story. Would for better. But, but in terms of, yeah, the the, the mental health representation, it, it, again, is pretty similar to that Logic song where it just, like, you, you can tell that it's really invested in being... I, I, in being meaningful in that way and, in you know, g- g- giving a voice to the voiceless when it comes to that sort of thing. And it just, so it's so misguided and, and it misses the mark yeah. so hard that that, 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 you know, you, you have to laugh.
1: And the, the whole um like, you will be found about that that was supposed to be the whole, you know, inspiring song. And the entire gist of it is that like, you're not alone and other people relate. And that's kind of the the beginning and ending of the like inspirational mental illness representation is that other people have like everybody has their own problems and then it doesn't really go yeah, any deeper than that. There's no
0: there's no resolution to it. It's just like yeah. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, yeah. It, it's it's almost writing it off. Like like everyone feels yeah. that way. Don't, don't. <laughs> don't bother
1: yeah and that like if you know that you're not alone then like that's that's just kind of it like it doesn't really give much I guess nuance to the like conversation around the mental illness but I guess it's hard to do that and then also have you know inspirational songs that you can like put up for Tonys and stuff so I think they're they're going way more for inspiring pop music than for like genuine representation of mental illness
0: yeah again there's that there's that fundamental sort of dissonance where they have this really complex story and character that they that they started to develop and then from, I guess, a marketing perspective, from maybe a, a Mark Blatt influence or something, just to, just really move towards, you know, in, in a marketing direction of the, this is a feel good thing. This is, you know, the, the, this is an inspirational show that, uh, that 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 may that makes you feel warm and fuzzy. They they, they they I don't know at what point in this process they were like, we have this story about a kid who pretends to be best friends with another kid who committed suicide and he actually didn't know him and it's all a lie. And then they were like, and it should, and it's going to be the, the, the feel good event of the year. It's going to be yeah. inspirational. <laughs> who, who, who decided that again? Maybe Mark Platt. Yeah. That's my two cents. <laughs> you have any uh, finishing thoughts on the movie before we, before we wrap it up here?
1: Um. Just a random thing that I noticed that I thought was very funny was um there were giant signs in the school that said um kind of vague platitudes um that being progressive, like yeah. LGBT awareness or like Black Lives Matter. And it's like, I mean, as nice as it is to have a high school that's got like Black Lives Matter signs, it was just kind of like being very Hey, look at this pride flag we have in the yeah. background.
0: Every single poster in the school.
1: <laughs> yeah. Just so yeah, not like it's been a minute since I've been in high school, but I don't I don't remember there being all of those that kind of posters around. It was all those generic- Yeah, year-round. Like,
0: yeah. Months pass and it's all like the and, and during the 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 only us scene, the um the, where where they're at that dance and it doesn't seem like anyone else is there. It's like, it, it's like I guess they don't they don't promote any events at this school. Oh yeah, no. All, <laughs> those, those representation posters up everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> it's another thing like the costume design where it just it feels so like like, like overanalyzed mm-hmm. and it, it 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 just it doesn't feel natural at all and nothing in this movie really does.
1: Yeah, which you know, it's easier if it's a. a stage performance for it to get away with not being natural because it's not really supposed to be natural but then if you're trying to translate it something that's going to look normal when it's it's like filmed like that it they didn't really do a good job of uh
0: and like most most musicals don't look natural but there's something mm -hmm. about the things that this that this story is trying to do again in terms of like making people feel seen and talking about you know prescription drugs and, and 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 mental illness and suicide just to to have such a heightened story and to also have a world that doesn't feel real at all and to also like have have characters that you can't relate to just they they they, they forgot to include yeah the, the, the <laughs> thing that makes it feel real and there has to be yeah something.
1: and it wasn't even like like it was stylized like you can get away with a lot of like unrealistic stuff if it's like stylish and like fun but right. it was just just kind of just a little bit off yeah like i they definitely yeah. they forgot to include the things that would make it like relatable and like compelling it was just kind of yeah just all a little bit off
0: and there could have been some really simple shit with just like Changing the saturation on it a little, just having mm-hmm. like I don't know sets that move, maybe just just, just, just doing a yeah, little lean something into it here being and a musical. there to to make it feel like a musical or to uh, d- 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 just have any kind of style going on. I was gonna say the style is old navy commercial, but it doesn't even feel like that because everything's just washed in this like in yeah this, like gray and blue. That that it, it, yeah it it's terrible. <laughs> it's yeah
1: really my bad. my general feeling about um musical adaptations that aren't great is like i don't know maybe release a professionally filmed version of the uh the stage performance and then like it can just kind of leave it there we don't doesn't need to be a movie not not everything is going uh, to translate um to being filmed like a a normal movie you can just can just leave it as a as a theater performance
0: yeah and i think something that gets lost always in the in the transition from stage to screen is to adapt means to change something to to suit a new medium you know you like a, a, a lot of people and it's true of Uh, It used to be true of comic books, not so much anymore, because they kind of let them do whatever they want now. But they it's true of musicals where there's a sense that like, we have to have every song or the vast majority of the songs in there, we have to have it follow all the same beats because there's like a built in fan base that's that's coming out to see this. And that's the reason that most movie adaptations of musicals are way too long and they mm-hmm. you know the, the 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 plot is structured in a in a way that's really hard to follow because they're just trying to take the show and just like keep as much of it as possible in a movie you need to be willing to like cut songs and move things around and change settings and and have a narrative i actually think that this is something that cats did really well and and i I, I I'm someone who understands that cats is a good movie and is, it, it is very much a fan of it, but I, I think something that it, that a way that it generally genuinely works is that it's, it it turns it into a movie narrative by having one character who you're following through this journey Mm -hmm. and it's, it's willing to play around with like the order of things and what songs, you know, are in and what songs are out. And it's, I mean, it's 110 minutes, but if you told me it was 90, I would, I would be like, like, it it moves very you know, uh, smoothly.
1: Also, I mean, I think with Cats, it's, it's, the plot is just kind of, I mean, I think simultaneously moves very quickly and very slowly because it's just kind of you know the plot is you meet a lot of cats. Um, I think that this movie would have also been improved by one of the actors ending it by just kind of looking straight into the camera and being like, "Yeah, you you got that right." Like that would have been a better <laughs> ending than the. Uh,
0: yeah, the Julianne thing Moore with the turns to tur- Julianne Moore turns the camera and goes, a dear Evan Hansen."
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I. I absolutely would have preferred that. Yep. <laughs> gotta call Pasek and Paul. Let them know that we figured, we figured, out, figured the movie.
0: It out. We gotta get Ben Pasek and Jake Paul on the line and, and <laughs> let them know what we think. Allie, thank you so much for joining me. Thank
1: you for having me. It's a lot of fun.
0: This has been really fun. You're you're welcome back anytime. Thank you to the the listeners at home for following us on this journey. And we'll see you next week. I disagree, disagree, Gary. I disagree, Gary.